Welcome, folks, to the podcast. My name is Jesse, sitting across from me, the founder of Signal Radio, Jay Purcell, himself in the flesh. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Back in the flesh. Yes. If you know... The virtual flesh. The virtual flesh for all you <laughs> fleshy, fishy... Oh, wow. I'm trying to think of F words, but I'm going to stop. Uh, but you know, it's yeah. Roots to Grooves if it's Jesse and Jay. So welcome, everybody. We're talking about a cool band out of Los Angeles called Mini Mansions. Mini Mansions. What do you think, Jay? First, uh, first off the cuff. <clears throat> um, well... I have to first off say I was surprised that uh, one of my favorite musicians is in this band, hmm. um, Mikey. They call him Mikey Two Shoes. That, that's your guy? <laughs> Bass player from Queens of the Stone Age. I didn't realize he was still playing with Queens of the Stone Age, but he's mm -hmm. one member of many mansions. But I remember <clears throat> this really great uh, Queens of the Stone Age video live from the basement. Nice. And... Uh, and Mike is in that performance and he's just going wild. Like he's just like spitting on the mic and doing like all this crazy. They like, get movements. pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And I was always like mesmerized by that performance of him and also Queen of the Stone Age, my favorite drummer they had at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I, his Joey Castillo. Nice. As a unit, those two guys were like tight, like bass and drums kind of thing. Yeah, that um, rhythm section hits yeah. hard. But so I didn't know he had other musical projects. So that was the first thing that struck me about Mini Mansions. Yeah. And then the music, you know, I listened to the albums. It was like three full length albums out, mm -hmm. right? Didn't get into the EPs, but they, uh, I, it's different than Queens of the Stone Age. It's like more loungy, right? yeah. a little laid back, poppy. Uh, Beatles vibes a little bit in some of the lyrics. I thought all like kind of throwback retro 60s pop sound from his vocals. Totally. I think stuff, the, but, yeah, yeah, some almost direct influence right. from, um, you know, vocal stuff and the, the musicality yeah, yeah. Um, is, is kind of Beatles influenced. I guess and the, most people are influenced by the Beatles at some point, yeah, but yeah. they're really putting it, wearing it on their sleeve yeah. in a cool way. <clears throat> but yeah, like you said, it's dark psych. Um, I mean, let's just start at the top. We're talking about right. mini mansions, mini um, mansions. dark psych pop, um, like loungy. Yeah. Um, but someone, like someone called them cocktail bar rock. Oh, I think I, I saw that somewhere. <laughs> I think I had that in my notes somewhere. Yeah. That, that's a great line. Yeah. And and there is some. I'll, I'll pass it up. We'll get in there later. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. But yeah, so there's Michael Schumann. Yeah. Singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. Um, and he's from Queens of Stone Age playing bass. Yeah. We got Zach, Zach Dawes. Yeah. Um, and he works with the last Shadow Shadow Puppets. Yeah, who I haven't heard of really. Other right. Than the I've, name. But. Right. I've seen the name around as well. Yeah. But last Shadow Puppets. Yeah. Um, and then the singer keyboard player Tyler Parkford is right. a touring member of the Arctic Monkeys. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so we got some big players from cool other bands. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost like a super band type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though all of the players are not like uber famous people, mm -hmm. but they're like big players in each of those bands. Yeah. Um, so cool stuff. Um, yeah. Da -da -da -da. yeah, Zach Dawes has been playing with the last. I don't know why I said that again. Never mind. Cut that. Cut <laughs> that out. Shadow puppets. Yeah. yeah, I already said that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I know Sean Schumann. I'm sorry, Schumann and Dawes were childhood pals. Right. And yeah. I don't know. I don't have a lot of stuff on their early life. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, three albums out. A lot three of good albums. like indie pop. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. People call them like psychedelic pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cocktail bar rock. Yeah. 
What else we got on these guys? Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. A slew of EPs as well. They've probably like released more EPs than they have yeah. albums in between. <clears throat> Although some of those EPs contain tracks that later appeared on Fallout right. albums. Um, but the way they talk about their EPs as well, it's like they put just as much effort into the lyrics and the content of those as they do 100%. albums. And like I've seen, I've noticed them in interviews and that. And uh, Yeah, same with the sequencing. Like, they try to make it like a little album if, if possible. Yeah, yeah. And they, they do respect like listening to music as a whole. These yeah. guys seem really cool down to earth. Like they really want to, they say they do music for themselves first. Right. And then once it's out there, it's for you to experience. Yeah. So I, I just think they, these, this band has a really cool group of people doing really cool things together. Yeah. Making something that none of them could make by themselves. Yeah. And... And just uh, it's a cool project and like just building up their own project from the ground like by, by mm -hmm. touring and releasing these tracks and uh yeah i think the other highlights of maybe some of their stuff is they have opened for larger acts like obviously they have opened for queens of the stone age on a tour they've mm -hmm. opened for arctic monkeys mm -hmm. i'm not sure how michael schumann was able to like play in many mansions and then take a break and then play in Queens of the Stone Age on the same night. <laughs> Insane. That's like a lot of energy. But Yeah, I mean, him. was he really yeah. doing that? He must have done if they, if they were opening for Queen. Or maybe it was before he joined. But I don't know. I don't think so. Cause, I think you're right. It's just yeah. crazy. I mean, he's yeah. up there for you know hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how much music yeah. you have to have in your head locked in and memorized. Yeah. And then you know bringing that energy to a live show in front of the audience. Right. Um, yeah. It's admirable to say the least. So we'll get into it, but we should play a track now, right? Let's play a track. Uh, Magic Marker off the Mini Mansions EP. The first thing they created and released, right? Yeah, I think nice. so. Magic Marker from Many Mansions off of their Many Mansions EP 2009. I believe so. You're correct. Crazy wild track that. Lots of tempo changes. I mean, right off the that. bat, the first thing that they release is experimental and pretty, you know, progressive yeah. as far as indie rock goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not yeah. afraid to do tempo changes. Right. And, you know, speed it up, slow it down. And it, yeah. it started like a slower kind of ballad type song. And then it yeah. got rocking in the end. Yeah, so yeah. very dynamic. And they do these, they're dynamic that way. Evolution. Mm -hmm. Why not really a boring song structure or conventional song structure? Yeah. Kind of like a bit jammy, but mm -hmm. structured. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. structured jams. Yeah, so yeah. and that's that's one of the things i'm glad you said that that's a good way to yeah, say it yeah. um they're just very cool to do that cool um so i mean yeah i mean let's let's dive into where these guys come from i don't have a lot like i said about their early life no um, yeah it didn't seem to come up a lot on the internet three piece like we said mm -hmm. i was calling him mikey two shoes i was already giving him a 
a mob name. <laughs> Mikey Shoes is his nickname, apparently. I don't I don't know where the nickname is. Oh, you comes just said from. two shoes? I, I just said Mikey Two Shoes. <laughs> He's just saying stuff on here. Maybe he only has one shoe. Do you know, we're know. live on the air. These people are listening oh, to shit. us. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, not. as we as we mentioned, uh, they're all like the same age. Zachary, Zach Dawes, Tyler Packford, they're all born like in 85, thereabouts. They're so they're like about 33? 30, so now they're about 36, 37. Oh, okay. I was reading an old yeah. interview then. Um, yeah, probably. And they all grew up in, like around California. You said two of them were like, childhood buddies like michael yeah and... it was i mean dawes mm-hmm. schumann and dawes i guess they were right. childhood friends right and then i guess um so those two were friends and then dawes and parkford also went to school together i think high school in santa cruz right so there was yeah. like you know they were all kind of in the same childhood scene yeah, yeah. If that makes any sense knocking around north hollywood and you know Encino, California as well, like mm-hmm. all about. But yeah, I mean, it seems like they kind of knew knew each other pretty early on before yeah. like um, they formed many mansions. Mm-hmm. So like, um, yeah, I, all I know is like Michael does most of the interviews. He's like the singer in the band. Right. right. Um, he also on the first shows in the f- first couple, couple of albums was the drummer as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I read about him saying how the the live shows kind of changed because he went from being on the drums to coming out front right they got they have a touring drummer now that joined them plays on some of the records and they sort of mentioned that a little bit Mm -hmm. um but like yeah so i mean the band mini mansions formed they said after queens of the stone age took a break from touring right around 2010 um and so yeah i mean they're each of these three guys have kind of been session musicians i guess or metal full-time members of other bands and mm-hmm. doing a lot of different things like mikey mikey two shoes, two Mike, shoes. Mikey. <laughs> he uh he was only 21 when he joined queens of the stone age um, yeah i mean i mean like, it's amazing yeah, yeah. the history of queens of the stone age because i feel yeah. like they've been around for a long time but yeah not too long and yeah. i mean it's been a long time now I mean, I first heard about them in late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely been around for a while, I guess. Yeah. A lot of lineup changes. As I was coming up into music in my like, you know, teenage years, yeah. I, I, they felt like a band who had been around since the ni- early 90s or even in the 80s or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to find out stuff like that. Like, oh, this is not an old band. They were, they were right there yeah. with me growing up, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's been in that band for a good while now. Yeah. But... Maybe not, but it's just cool that they have, they're really professional and they've done a lot of music. Yeah. And they've accomplished a lot outside of mini mansions. Yeah. And and now they've come with all this experience. Yeah. And, you know, attitude and perspective, and they're able to create some really cool stuff. And that's what, it, what they've done. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like uh, Mikey, Mr. Two Shoes, uh, sorry, I'm just going to that's, that, yeah. that's our guy. That's our guy. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's someone who's very much into music, uh, vinyl collector, record collector, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I do know he said at, at one point when he was younger, he w- was like DJ and a musical and the music director for a radio station. Mm. So they'd listen to like 60 records a week, 60 albums a, we- a week, wow. I guess. Like, um, And, you know, and he mentioned like that movie Empire Records. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Liv Tyler's in it. Um no, it sounds familiar. It's like a '90s movie. I really like it. I want to rewatch it again. 
Not a documentary? No, it's like a movie, but it's all about like these teenagers that are working in a record shop. Mm-hmm. And it's around like that kind of a mid, I don't know, mid 90s. It's that 90s vibe of like indie rock music, great soundtrack and stuff like that. Nice. And I think that's, I think uh, Mini Mansions covered a song that was off that soundtrack later mm-hmm. on. But uh, Two Shoes <laughs> mentioned, sorry. <laughs> Mikey uh, mentioned, uh, <laughs> it's delirious. Sorry, I'm just a delirious episode. Everyone like, knows what we're talking 100 about. 100 degrees shoes. in this studio. Uh, he, he uh, about this film, just kind of like that idea of like, it was sort of resonated with similar to his upbringing in California and like mm. going to record stores and finding new artists and you know because it's before the internet and that that's kind of what you did you went to the record store you would hang out you would listen to some things on the listening stations kind of thing and discover yeah, read, read new the back music. of the album yeah all that type of stuff yeah yeah and and that movie was a really good movie for that period mm-hmm. sort of matched kind of his vibe of especially in California and all that LA area it was very aesthetic yeah yeah so just wanted to bring that up because that's mm-hmm. basically the only thing I know about any of these guys mm-hmm. early. Lives. No, but I, th- <laughs> I think they had somewhat musical, you know, households, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of speculating. Yeah. And that's just a guess, basically. But um, they obviously all love music and they, they fell into it one way or another. Um, piano, I think, for a couple of the guys was the first things that they learned. Okay. As, as a lot of musicians do, getting piano lessons and stuff like that. I think for so, Doors and Pat. Parkford, that was their introduction to music. Yeah. It's a great place to start. Yeah, yeah. They say piano is the like the easiest to pick up, but the most difficult to master. Really? Yeah. I heard somebody say it one time. Okay. Yeah. What does it mean? I don't know. What does that mean? Yeah. You tell us. I heard Willie Nelson. No, was it Willie? No, I heard Roy Orbison say about the guitar is a great companion because you can take it with you everywhere. There you go. So there you go. Can't take a piano with you everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, you can now, but not, I mean, well, not back yeah. In the day. Now it's changed. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. it's easier to take a little MIDI yeah, on the airplane. Roll or, out a big. Yeah, they have the rolling piano ones. thing, <laughs> and MIDI. it sounds. You know, it's MIDI. It's literally somebody recorded the yeah. playing a grand piano, exactly. recorded it into MIDI, yeah. and put it into the controller. Yeah, yeah, it's wild out here these days. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So where are we at? I guess basically they formed their band. Yeah. I, I really just, I wish I had more information on, on some of this early stuff, mm-hmm. but basically most of the stuff I have is at 2009 when they, they form. Right. Some of their other history is involved in other bands is the thing. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like we would learn more about these people if we learned, if we looked into the Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Or, you know, the yeah, the, yeah. the other bands or whatever, the Lost Prophets, what is it called? The uh, Lost Shadow Puppets. The Lost, yeah. The Lost Shadow Puppets. So and there's a couple of crossovers as well, I've noticed. Uh... Zachary Dawes played on Alexander Savior's debut album. We did an okay. episode on her. That album was produced by Alex Turner. Mm-hmm. Alex Turner from Arctic Monkeys, who we opened up a track with today. Alex yes. Turner features on a Mini Mansions track. And also, is it Zachary that plays live with Arctic Monkeys? I think that's right. Yeah. So it's a crazy little world. Also, another crossover. James Lavelle. Oh, Tyler Parkford Ty- oh, okay. tours. Okay. So right. Tyler's the yeah, one with yeah. Arctic Monkeys touring. So it's still all crazy interrelated. And No, but totally. And James Lavelle co-produced the first Queens of the Stain- Stone Age album that Mikey 
appeared on. This is getting too much. We, we need <laughs> we need one of those boards for like an investigation. Yeah, yeah, like the red the red thread. Exactly. Yeah, like is the friends. connection to this? We're gonna figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We okay. should do a documentary one day. But yeah, it's all interrelated. And James Lavelle from Uncle. Well, we did an episode on Uncle. We did an episode on DJ Shadow. There was the crossover with James. One of Lavelle our very there. early episodes. Very good. Yeah. So it's insane to see this. Uh, you know, the, I don't know if you would call them like. I mean, are they like part of a certain scene? These artists, like I feel like Arctic Monkeys, Queens of the Stone Age, Mini Mansions. I think yeah. I think they're all in yeah. in there with kind of like the Strokes. Right. The Strokes is kind of like the yeah. the head of the beast, almost oh. a little bit, like as oh. far as influence goes, because they yeah. came out with some really huge, you know, big tracks and big albums early in the 2000s. Yeah. And they kind of, as far as I know, they, they kind of reignited a lot of the indie stuff that we still see today, like indie pop, mm. but stuff with guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of that that rock, you know, like rock and roll, but it's yeah. it's made in kind of an indie and acceptable way to be played on the radio still. Right. Um, and I think they were in there with, you know, Queens of the Stone Age, Arctic Monkeys. Like, I mean, Alex Turner in Arctic Monkeys, like one of their songs says, I just wanted to be one of the strokes, mm. you know? Yeah. So like you yeah. can see where this influence is coming from. I think there was that kind of a scene, Yeah. um, yeah. you know, and I don't know if many mansions fits in there, but they, they were, they, they were born in it and grew out of it. Yeah, I mean, also they've been there in front of fans, like opening for Arctic Monkeys, right. Queens of the Stone Age, and I think they've been asked, like, uh, you know, as they were coming up and starting to play live, and that, uh, do you think people were just coming to see you because you one of you was in Stone Age or whatever? And and well, that's a harsh question. Yeah, and the, and Mikey said, well, you know, obviously that's probably true to start when they first started, but mm. as like they sort of developed their own fans over the years because people have realized that many mansions is its own thing and mm-hmm. been checking out their music separately from mm-hmm. that. But it comes from like Queens fans and Arctic Monkeys fans mm-hmm. and But they one hundred percent like they carved out their own niche. Yeah. And their own little scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like they really listen to the music. It's really it's original stuff. Yeah. And you can see these influences and stuff, but this band they they're not afraid to be weird. Yeah. They get witty even and funny. Yeah, and that last track, right? Mm-hmm. Was there some thing about dinosaurs or something or pterodactyls or some crazy lyric? Or, like, I, I, I missed it. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But <laughs> but, but they yeah. for sure add a little bit of wit and, and humor in the lyrics. Yeah. And then the music can be a little even quirky sometimes. Mm-hmm. But they definitely bring it home and, and make it like sound cool still. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that as we talk about some of these other music um yeah some of their other music yeah um but yeah they, the trio officially became mini mansions in 2009 released that ep um then let's get to their first album mini mansions self-titled again self-titled not too yeah. creative as far as the titles go up until this <laughs> point in their career 12 songs on this album though um some of them appeared on the ep i think i think so but um it was ipecac records there you go um, and so Josh Home, homie, homie, um, did some, what do you call it? Producing some of the songs on the album. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he was, um, you know, this is some of their first stuff. They're, they're using their, their friends and buddies in their scene of friends yeah. to, to help get this project off the ground yeah. um, and make it very good. Yeah. So that came out 
Oh no, it was also it was Ipecac Records and it was also Records Records, which is Josh Homie's uh, okay. own label, I believe. Okay, cool. So very cool. Yeah, yeah. And it came out that November two thousand ten, I think. Right. So Yeah. A skill that has a lot of um uh, they have these like vignettes, three of them in there. They call them vignettes. Some of them are like song length, but the first one, vignette oh, like one, in between. Yeah, they actually called vignette one, vignette two. Okay, yeah. Uh, the first one, yeah, it sounds like an interlude that you hear a lot of. Inter- that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, interlude. Uh, but yeah, there's some good tracks on here. It's lo-fi-ish, mm-hmm. right? I think a little bit. It doesn't have uh, the grand production sound that i hear on something like like clockwork from queens in the stone age like sure. drum sound and all that it's it's definitely more uh, rudimentary yeah and i think also like because mikey's playing the drums as well and he said he never really had a full proper kit i think he said he had like four tom tom toms and like <laughs> no a snare drum <laughs> i didn't even know if he had a kick drum like uh, wow. and cymbals and stuff like that but you can hear it and I think like later on he talked about how that changed and we'll talk about that I guess as we get to those albums but well um we got a yeah. track to play off this this album right yeah let's give the listeners a listen and listen along together monk is the name of the track it's a good one track from many mansions from many mansions debut album called many mansions many mansions see what we're talking about many mansions <laughs> reached the grooves with me jay and you jesse sorry guys i'm, I'm really delirious today i don't know <laughs> yeah, why on, it's like so hot in the studio it was like that other episode where you ate a bunch of mushrooms oh yeah the uh <laughs> Every time we bring up a psychedelic uh, artist, I feel like I have to... Comes loaded in. I think someone mentioned, someone commented on that uh, episode about our conversation about psychedelics, like, and then I think some, oh, it was on TikTok or something like that, they like wrote, they gave us the definition that psychedelics is specifically related to drugs and oh. stuff like that. I can't remember where this was written, TikTok or YouTube, but right. someone wanted to point that out, one of our listeners. So, yeah, this yeah. this band's a little psychedelic, so I, I would be fair to eat mushrooms on this episode. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I find them more poppy, and I think like Brian Wilson mm-hmm. is someone that you mention a lot, yeah. and yeah. they've actually worked. Who he's featured on a track on the Great Pretenders album, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's the yeah. album. You know, stay in tune, everybody, because that's yeah. the album I really want to talk about. Okay, and I think this yeah. band gets better as they they've been going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one of the cool things I'm excited about Mini Mansions for. Yeah, and, the, and well, the, but you're right. Yeah, Brian Wilson. I mean, he's yeah. you know he's a god. Yeah, yeah, and I feel that like I feel that Mini Mansions are a little bit more poppy, 
mm-hmm. in the in the Beach Boys vein. Sure. Like with the the, the vocals, not not as much because I know the Beach Boys are very much all about the melodies and the wall of vocals kind of thing, right? But totally. Right, but yeah. but you're, they're yeah. still hitting the mark, yeah. and you can still feel that influence. Yeah. Um, and just the the grandiosity of the music, you know, like this, these songs, they they're dynamic. I keep saying it, but they're they're not afraid to, to put a lot of energy into it yeah, yeah. and to change it up. And yeah, yeah. you know, that's one thing that obviously Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys were quite experimental at times. Right. You know, yeah. they did some really tight, poppy, filler music, yeah. you could say, and then really progressive, wild stuff. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that influence just shows shows up in many mansions, and obviously they're paying homage to him by having him on their album, and right. vice versa. Yeah, so very cool. And yeah. we'll get into that more when we get to that album. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, that first album's very good. So yeah. many mansions spent the the next two and a half years working on the second album. Right. Yeah. Um, they recorded that at LA's recording studio, Vox Recording Studios. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, that one. That one. I guess. Um, what is this one called? The Great Pretenders. Yeah, yeah. And that was didn't come out till 2015. Right. It came out in March. Yeah. Um, so this one's really cool. It, it includes Arctic Monkeys, Alex Turner, mm-hmm. Brian Wilson. Yeah. Um, Dawes played bass on a session for Brian Wilson's 2015 album, mm-hmm. uh, No Peer Pressure. Okay. Have you so heard that album? Or? Um, I listened to some of it in the research for this. Is it any? How is it? That album? I mean, I like... 60s Brian Wilson, 60s, yeah. 70s Brian Wilson. It's not latest. Brian. <laughs> probably not the latest stuff, but it, it's still good stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you like Brian Wilson, then I think you get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, I wouldn't tout that album as something everyone should listen to for no reason. Okay. Like, I, I, and I don't know enough about that album to really give it a, I'm not reviewing it right now. Right. I think there's good stuff on it. And I, I love Brian Wilson, so I'm biased and I like it. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. all I have to say. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about Brian Wilson all day, though. Sure. I love that guy. Um, da, 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 da. Where are we? Great Pretenders. Yeah, so you mentioned Electrovox Recording Studios is where they recorded. Right. That, I looked this place up. Uh, it opened its doors in 1931. Oh, wow. Um, it's like said to be like maybe the oldest private recording studio in the world. Maybe there's one somewhere else. That we That's don't very know about. old. I mean, and continuous operations since 1931. I think I don't even know if Abbey Road was around that long. Yeah, did they even have electricity at that time? <laughs> they did, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yes, I mean, so it's changed hands, I think, and and the the latest owner, uh, Mike, he was saying about how he expanded the studio. Um, but it still has this really like vintage old vibe to it, and they have a lot of this really old vintage equipment in there and stuff as well. So, um, and there's lots of people that recorded there. But yeah, that must have been like a great, like, you know, environment to record like, in. I like, can imagine it was probably yeah, like state of yeah. the art at that time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in the 30s, yeah. But I mean, even for many mansions to record in there now, you know, with oh, was, access to all the old gear and stuff like that. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. 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 No, to, to really yeah. dive into getting those some of those sounds yeah. that they try to achieve that they obviously love and are influenced by. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's a good album. Yeah. I guess there's uh, there's a lot of good stuff on that one. Um, I like... Did we already play a track off this one? We opened up with the Alex Turner feature, Vertigo, from this album, The Great Pretenders. Giving just classic Alex Turner vibes. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And so I, I did see some people talking about how this album, there is some similarities to Alex Turner and um, Arctic Monkeys album, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Hmm. And because that album is a very good album. It's a little bit of a different move for kind of a sidestep for Arctic Monkeys. It's a little bit darker. It's kind of got that loungy, mm-hmm. sexy, dark vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, loungy, dark, sexy, musical vibe. I don't know. I'm right. trying to describe it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's some similarities between these two albums. And I don't know. Yeah. The, the artist said, Mini Mansion said they, they weren't really heavily influenced one way or another. Mm. Just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, but let's play another track off this to give the listeners another feel for this because I really like Death is a Girl. It's the okay. second track off the album. Yeah. Um, and let's dive into that real quick. There's a girl, many mansions from the album The Great Pretenders, their second album, uh, which came out what in 2015. Yeah, what a great jam that is. Yeah, just I mean, I love that synth. Yeah, yeah, dum, bum, 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 right. bum. just how dry it is. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, 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 I just can't get over it. Those little touches, it's good how they don't really, um, because they got a dedicated keyboard player in the band. I've seen mm-hmm. them play live, there's this clip of them playing and massive music festival in france i think um uh but he doesn't really it's like minimal like his playing i think mm-hmm. the keys on it like it's those little flourishes yeah like that or sometimes it's like a synth string pad it's mm-hmm. just like it's really reserved but what yeah. he brings to the track is really well done yeah yeah and it's yeah. yeah um it's just yeah it's not overbearing or anything no he really goes for what the perfect like serving the song kind of perspective yeah like whatever's going to make the song sound good and that part sound really good definitely with everything else in the context of the rest of the track yeah yeah, yeah. um i don't know very good but like yeah. i think we're starting to see with this album how how cool these guys are yeah like i just think they're really good really experimental and they're coming out with a lot of really good music yeah yeah that sounds pretty original to me you know you can hear the influences maybe but yeah i think they're doing their own thing and it's really good i think probably yeah maybe i was it sort of flipped a little bit on this album from between many mansions the the self-titled first album because i feel like there was more of that poppy stuff i was saying earlier like Mm -hmm. the whereas on this one they're sort of veering a bit further away from that and maybe like finding their own sound i think this album yeah yeah. yeah. even though i think I, i did see a tidbit of anecdotal story time when the band was talking about this album and they were really 
they were just talking about how they really care about all the little details. And I think on this album, they were they felt oh, like they yeah. were overthinking things even. Yeah, I actually heard about that as well. They said they did like 20 versions of each track or yeah. something like that. Like a lot, just maybe too much overworking, mm -hmm. overthinking it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. from that insular perspective, maybe that's how they feel. But from an outside perspective, these tracks are very well thought out and structured yeah. well. And they sound crisp and clean. Yeah. And they rock. Yeah. So I think they did really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and they they I just really like to see artists. It inspires me when I see them try really hard and and like mm -hmm. put in that work cuz we know how much it as musicians and as our listeners know. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of work to make even just one track. Yeah. You know, really really good structured track where everything is is how you want it. Yeah. And, and they, how they fit it in between other <laughs> things I don't even know yeah. either. Like, they are they're in other bands and they're doing other stuff. Because like not only is Mikey performing live with Sto Queens of the Stone Age, he's also part of the recording of those albums as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the writing really goes for Queens of the Stone Age, whether he co-writes with them as well. I don't, I'm not sure. But I was I, under the I, impression it's uh, mostly Josh. That's what it seems like, I think, yeah. But I don't know that much. Josh Homie. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, doing all that stuff, touring with those bands, and then also finding the time to make this solid music that has its own identity is crazy. And, right, exactly. And I think like, you know, you know, I, we sort of mentioned it earlier, they opened for Arctic Monkeys and Queens of the Stone Age and they've even called themselves like the greatest support act ever. Mm -hmm. Like that was their thing until they started getting their own fans and now they're doing their own headline tours and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just kind of interesting to me like the, like, you know, we. I think one of the themes or I want to find out more in these episodes and what we have been doing is that hard graft of how, you know, sometimes what's the turning point between an artist going from nothing to something mm -hmm. or getting their own fans. And with many mansions, it really seems like they focused a lot on the, the performing and the opening, like getting that opportunity to open for a larger act mm -hmm. in a similar genre seems to be another really important thing if you can get do that and for them i think it just it seemed like a friend thing or like a network thing it wasn't like a mm -hmm. contrived label thing it was like oh it's natural for mikey's band to open for queens in the stone age mm -hmm. you know or and, and some of those other groups so it's just interesting to me that you know for those of us musicians out there thinking about how we can you know progress mm -hmm. our music like you know, should we be in multiple projects? Like <laughs> double your income from doing multiple tours with different acts and like albums. And I wouldn't, I, don't know. I wouldn't yeah. say try to create that. Like, oh, I'm going to yeah. join a band and I'm going to start my own band all at the same time. Yeah, no, like, that yeah. Would, it's difficult. These guys are very productive. Things just probably naturally happen for them, right? I they think would, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because yeah. I think they love music. Yeah, and so they're willing to do it. And you know, I saw in interviews like. I mean, they were mm. talking about the same type of conversation. Like you're doing stuff with other bands, you're recording, you're touring, yeah. and then you're trying to make this whole thing and continue with it. There's three albums out, so they're putting a lot of love into this too. And how do how do you do it? They're asking. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? But I think, and their answer was that they love music and that's what they want to do. They they yeah. love playing it. Yeah. And they record it so that they can play it and share it. Yeah. And once it's out there, it's for everybody else. I did, I think, see Mikey talk about a little bit of burnout, though. Like, I think he'd he'd written, like, 
or they'd written like a Many Mansions album and then he did a film soundtrack or something as well yeah. and a Queen of the Stone Age album. In like a two or three year period or yeah. something? Yeah, and he said something along the lines like, that's enough creative output for a couple of years, I'm good now. I, I'm saw, gonna... yeah. <laughs> I saw that quote, that's a good quote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a lot, yeah. But I mean, it's good to take a break, Yeah, step away from it for a second. Yeah. Um, but obviously he's continuing to be productive. Um, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, like you said, I don't really have any notes on that, but he did have a, a, a song, a soundtrack on a, yeah, I can't uh, remember a movie what, or yeah, I think it was a movie. I, I can't remember. It seemed like maybe it was a uh, uh, like a Netflix horror slasher wow. horror film or something like that. Okay, yeah. If it wasn't Mikey, it was one of the guys. One of the guys worked on. That. I don't. So, if you guys know, yeah. let us know. It seemed like a very under the radar movie. I looked at the poster. I was like, I hadn't, I hadn't seen this come up on my recommendations <laughs> like, or anything. I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So cool stuff. Do you guys do you have anything else on this album or Alex Turner? Um, no, not on this. No, not okay. for them. But then like, let's move it on. I do know, like at the end of when they finished this, there was they they considered breaking up, right? Mini matches. Oh, so that's yeah. yeah. They did have that conversation. I think it was earlier on when they were writing this album. Early, um, and they were just kind of talking about yeah i don't know burnout a little bit right yeah. um and they were all doing this different projects so they're all in part different parts of the country or the world yeah and they're trying to like they're all working on demos and ideas yeah um what do you call it long distance yeah and it was just hard and they were they were speaking about should we end this yeah. but they decided to not end it obviously and the the reason was i think they felt that it was they, they couldn't make a connection in, in person like it was just through text messages and long distance stuff yeah. and they weren't able to really connect as people as humans yeah and they recognized that so they set aside some time to get into a studio all together in the same room yeah. and they made music yeah it's interesting because mikey said about uh, that it, there was some animosity that was starting to grow at least from his point of view i think mm -hmm. with that lack of contact thing like maybe it was like he felt like he was in a band but by himself like he was alone a lot of the time because like you yeah. said the other two guys were on tour with the two different band other bands and yeah uh, it was just like animosity is something he said like right <laughs> it's like aren't you going to respond to me are you going to listen to this demo idea no, or something yeah, like, like that like, almost you know? resentment like yeah, yeah. you're doing your own thing how am yeah. i supposed to do like yeah. what but i think it just is a testament to to show like humans need to be together yeah. if you're working on a project together like mm -hmm. it's it's pretty imperative to be in the same room yeah and how much how much more you can communicate and just be if you know communicate effectively and efficiently yeah makes a huge difference oh, yeah i guess it like eradicates like like the the whole fucking thing about how sarcasm doesn't work on twitter you know oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you read it like someone meant it to be a sarcastic joke and then someone else is like oh we need to cancel this person or yeah, something right <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah if you're in person yeah because if you're like doing this long distance thing like a short cut email or a text that goes unanswered for a couple of days can mm -hmm. seem unnecessarily amplified right right yeah Where, people you know, just overthink right. yeah, yeah instead of like conversing and figuring out how yeah. do you really feel or what does that yeah. mean when you say this yeah it's just like you you and they were saying this themselves in these interviews i was i was seeing like they they just get in their head and yeah. everybody does in general. Like you just yeah. start thinking about things and making up your own story. Right. Your own you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. perspective for why this person said that or did this action. Right. And then it's just not true. And it's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's, that's you're just, running away with 
things that aren't true. Like, right. yeah, yeah. And then how, how much that can affect you to the point where these people who love music and being in this band were like, should we end this band? Yeah. Uh, they found the answer this is connection. Right. Just let's connect. Just reconnect. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they, and I think I might've been wrong when I said it was at the beginning of the Great Pretenders album. I think it might've been after, but they. Yeah. It was before as they were trying to write for the, the third album. Yeah, so let me correct myself. I was wrong there, guys, but I, I caught it and we're back. But they were, it was the Works Every Time EP. Okay, yeah. I think that's what they were working on. And so once they got into that studio, that those are the songs that came out. Yeah, that was that, that uh, EP feature that track Midnight in Tokyo, right? Yes. Um, yeah, because also around this time, Mikey was, he had a bit of a tumultuous, like, uh, personal life relationship. Mm -hmm. Wise, like, he got engaged. That song, Midnight in Tokyo, apparently is about that. Like, he went with his girlfriend to Tokyo for, like, New Year's Eve, and he proposed on New Year's Eve night. And, uh, but they eventually broke up the engagement was called off they broke up the relationship and he said that song is about that and it also he it was finished it was finished writing it after the relationship broke up kind of thing and so that was sort of going on with that ep he works every time which then led in to guy walks into a bar right yeah where it, where it's like it can I, correct me if i'm wrong but it's this album that he said was more like a love story from beginning to end like he said it wasn't a concept album but it mm -hmm. but it had a narrative like yeah just it, kind of sequentially yeah, yeah. um because he was in his personal life having this relationship mm -hmm. and subsequent breakup and as we're looking at it from the outside perspective um and so they were saying this album was basically written in real time as this relationship was like happening and then as it was breaking up mm -hmm. Um, over these months mm -hmm. and so the album was written like these songs are happening in real time like with what's happening as he's going through life yeah so i hit the mic um which is cool yeah because not a lot of people make i don't know maybe people do make music like that um yeah. but, but sometimes it doesn't come out in such a unified project in a narrative kind of order yeah well i think yeah it, it seemed like to be a whole like growing period for mikey like mm -hmm. not just personally but like musically as well because i think he said it's funny we see we see this a lot of different artists where they say oh this is my most personal thing to date or my most honest thing to date so it's another thing mikey said about this it's like because he said before maybe he was like maybe putting on more of the rock star persona mm -hmm. or not thinking about things in the right way uh, and writing objectively like in his lyrics and retrospectively or whatever whereas this one he decided to just be completely honest and like he was, it was a sort of a therapy as well. He said he was going through this breakup and he just kind of needed to let it all out. And he had, he had to do it through music and through the lyrics kind of thing. Yeah, kind of a whole encompassing cathartic experience cathartic. for him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, very cool. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just very cool to see people going through emotions and getting it out through music and sharing that love. Yeah, yeah. So, and he said he, he felt, he feels that like the fans resonate with these songs more live as well. He said it's like a different hmm. experience. They, he said maybe because they feel more of a connection lyrically now with what he, he's going through and stuff. It's right. funny, maybe it's just his own, it seems like that's his own outlook and mm -hmm. you know perception of what's going on kind of thing. But that seems good because I guess it only deepens his relationship with the fans and with the music that he's creating, you know? So totally. it's like, can only be a good thing, but. Totally, yeah, I, yeah I think, I think you're right. Like that's helping to build a relationship with his 
audience and fans yeah, yeah. you know as you know he's you know building his own relationship with himself and with the music that reminds me of something that was said on an episode a really long time ago uh the duo um out of canada the canadian music duo soul r&b was your selection one of the guys is french montreal <laughs> I, I can't let me go through the list of names child there we go okay okay uh oh, i just realized i have all of those playlists of all the old songs in spotify here i can just see oh it's child That's the one. oh good nice um <clears throat> he he was saying about how he uh i think it was him about doing like he did the first album but the second album was like Instead, of, he wanted to do something completely different, but he realized his fans were just getting to know him, so he needed to be even more honest and vulnerable to, mm. to get the fans to know him a little bit better kind of thing. Yeah. Seems like maybe that happened for many mansions on this album. A guy a guy walks into a bar is the name. Yeah, did we not it's say kind of, that name yet? I'm sorry. It's kind of a funny title as well, because that's like the beginning of a shitty joke, right? Or right. Something like that. And they knew it. I think they even said they knew it was... It was a joking title on purpose kind of thing or something like that. I think they said it started as a joke. Right. Um, and then they were like, oh, actually, would that be a good name? Yeah. And then they were like, actually, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I don't like that title for the <laughs> album. I'll just say that. But like, because it seems a bit too... Pedestrian. Uh, yeah, pedestrian, maybe. Is that the way? word? I mean, <clears throat> it seems very casual. Yeah, just a little bit throwaway, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. I do, I do like, I enjoy the concept of, like, you're gonna tell a joke. A guy walks into a bar, and so it's, it's. I like the concept of it as a setup for the narrative. Right. You know, it's like, okay, I'm gonna get into something here. Right. Because you know, when you say a guy walks into a bar, there's a joke. Right. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I think on one of the interviews they were talking about this, and he he made some comment of, about like, you know, because the album's about his love life and something something what what a joke love is you know oh, okay but i don't know so yeah. there's, there's a little bit of a concept there yeah i'm not a huge fan of that name either yeah. i'm also not a big hater on it right i mean the music's good, i'm apathetic though. yeah but the music is very good and yeah. obviously that's what we're talking about so this music I, this album's really good um it's more open and energetic and accessible than some of their other albums um da, 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 da. there's cameos by the kills Alison Mosshart. Yeah, I was going to mention her because she did a great uh, uh, thing with uh, Jack White, The Dead Weather. That's a really oh, that's good, right, yeah. That's a really good the group. The two, two, three albums, right. really good, yeah. I, don't, I think yeah. I've heard one of those, yeah, yeah. but that's been a while, so those yeah. are good to listen to as well. Yeah. There was one other thing I wanted to say about this album. I don't know. We haven't played a track off this. Let's play a track Let's off. Play, play a track. Yeah. Um, I think we have one lined up. To be, yeah, we haven't played bad things yet, right? That's the one. Uh, let's do it.
Bad Things That Make You Feel Good, tight track, many mansions off their album. Guy Walks Into a Bar. Uh, that was really good. Yeah. Tight 2019. Track. Yeah. That was a good track. I guess the other thing to say about this album is that they were joined by a drummer this time. The other two albums and all the other EPs, uh, Mikey was doing all the drums on. And mm -hmm. as I mentioned earlier, he didn't even have a kick drum. He just had like four like rack toms, right. floor toms, and the snare drum and the cymbals. And so, he was like using a rack tom as a kick? Yeah, like the floor tom or something. Dun, so. dun, yeah, so if you listen to some of those things, you can kind of hear it. Like um, That's cool. And it has its own vibe to it, but I think, yeah, it has its technical limitations as well. And that's something that Mikey said that they got John Theodore in, who's actually the current drummer with Queens of the Stone Age as well. Got him in to tour live, but he's also playing on this album as well. And mm -hmm. they said, you know, he said it just opened up different things because he can do fills now that he couldn't do fills before because he was right. with his rudimentary, like, I'm limited. <laughs> just like, yeah. So that's kind of changes the, the sound up, I think, as well, a little bit. Well, yeah. And, and I think yeah. I remember him talking about something like that. Like, um, it's interesting to have somebody, somebody's different feel, like musical feel playing on the album right yeah because yeah. you know different drummers would groove a little bit differently or be yeah. pushing or you know what's opposite of pushing like the the beat the rhythm uh behind the beat yeah like behind like, the beat yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think there's a better like i don't know there's a push and pull push and pull what is it guys salt and pepper 90s r&b group i don't know <laughs> ketchup and mustard i don't know what <laughs> i'm lost bread and butter bread and butter <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> That's Getting hungry now. <laughs> uh, steak and potatoes. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost lunchtime. I haven't eaten today. <laughs> that's why we're getting all loopy. Right. Um, but yeah, that's basically all I got on. Um, guy walks into a bar, and that's basically um, everything that they've done until up until now. So that was like yeah. pre-pandemic, yeah. and I'm not sure what they've been doing. They have one more track released, which I think uh, Kevin Parker remixed, and they released that oh. at least up on Spotify. Kevin Parker of Tame Impala. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Only one. Yeah. Um, called Forgot Your Name. No, that also was 2019. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah, as far as I know, that's all they have. Nothing for a while then. Um, and, yeah, that's basically what I have on Mini Mansions. Me too, yeah. I think the only other thing I wanted to say is something I thought was interesting that Mikey said about uh, was he said, even in a day and age where you, anyone can release music, he still likes the idea, like or he said, even when record labels are kind of irrelevant because of that, people can release music. He still likes to have a group of people that are like mm. pushing the music, that care about the music, he said. Oh, um, right. Like at a record label. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. And he he was even asked, I saw, saw some interview when he was on tour about what he likes to do on his day off. And he was like, well, he's like, I like to work my day off. He's, he basically said there's there's more to involved in all of this than just rocking out, mm -hmm. is what he said. Um, he didn't go into detail about what that is. Maybe it's some admin stuff. Maybe it's some organizational things. Yeah, some personal, thing, personal mental stuff. stuff. Like, yeah, he said he likes to be on his own as well, like on his day off. And he likes to have massages because he said he spent 30 years rocking out, doing all these shows that he needs, like, some mm. TLC with the whole, all the muscles and, because he does well, go crazy. Like uh, I was going to say, if, I don't know if, how much you watched of any of their live footage, but there's, I saw yeah. for sure some clips and they're like arching, like they're, they're moving around with their guitars on stage. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. 
they're pretty energetic. I saw that. He's also he seems pretty tall. He looks kind of tall. I don't know yeah. if he is in real life, but he has his guitar slung really low as well. And I just had a random thought. I was like, that that must be like bad for your back. I don't know. Like, it's just be like, <laughs> there's no way it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I know you look like you know Mac DeMarco if you have your guitar up here or something like that. Or or oh, yeah, like what's that. um. Rage Against the Machine, Tom Rage Morello. Against, Tom Morello, he's yeah. A, he's like rocking the frick he, out. He made it look cool. Yeah. But yeah. Still to this day. Yeah. So do what's comfortable and what's healthy for your body. It's like ergonomics of yeah. guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like your office. You got to like, you know. Yeah. Like get, get your, your posture your right. Your laptop stand so it's up here. Is yeah. What it should probably get. Eye level. Mm-hmm. So you should put your guitar up just underneath your neck. Like, I'm just <laughs> like a banjo. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's also rocking outside here at the studios in yeah. Seattle. So, we're, so we're gonna take a break here, yeah. and uh, before we rec- um, record the next episode, get some fresh uh, air. Go tell them to quiet down a little bit out there, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. that's Mini Mansions, guys. Super cool stuff out of Los Angeles. Dark psych pop, cocktail nope. bar rock. Yes, <laughs> cocktail bar rock. It's very good. I'm excited to see what they come out with next. Yeah. Um, just a lot of good original music coming from these guys. Really good art, yeah. artistic stuff, good vibes, and they seem like good people with a cool mindset about, you know, mental health and, and moving through the world and uh, figuring it out and you know educating yourself and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's all I got on mini mansions. Do we we have one track to play out with? And I just wanted to preface is uh, we're gonna play out with um, what is it called? Love you. Uh, well, well, we have some options. I'm in love. Gummy Bear okay. were the two ones from Guy Walks Into a Bar. Um, or we could play the, the the Gummy Bear song from Care Bears, which oh, I yeah. found earlier. <laughs> we, we were rocking out to that. Uh, no, that'll be next week's episode. Right. Yeah. Um, the Care Bears, is it? I think I just, <laughs> I had a brain fart. I typed in Gummy Bear into Spotify. And the first thing that comes up is I Am a Gummy Bear by... Gummy bar. Yeah, I mean, kid, that's kid, some weird kids, kids cartoon. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's freaking yeah. weird though. Yeah, it's, it's, that's psychedelic. That kids is, cartoons and cartoon kids albums. Yeah, that's psychedelic. That's, that's true. Right <laughs> uh, let's yeah. let's do love you though. Is that what it's called? I'm in love. I'm in love. Yeah. Um. So let me let me preface because this I think it's a good representation of of the dynamics of this band. This song for me just real. It's this is one of the kind of quirky parts. Like you can see in the hook and the melody in this song, it's like, it sounds almost kind of cheesy and, and funny, okay. but it, with the rest of the, the, the music in the song, it really rounds it out and cool. makes it a, a true part of it. And it's, I don't know, I'm not trying to make fun of it or something or talk down about it. I, I, I'm impressed by it. Okay. And sometimes for me personally, a song will sound cheesy or like niche or like too quirky for me. I'm like, that's silly and weird. I don't like, I want my music to sound cool. Cause I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's play this track. The hook is really interesting and fun and it's a really fun, good track. Okay. And I think it represents mini mansions in a cool way. Right. I like mini mansions, Jay. Yeah. And we're, and we're playing out on this, right? Ending the episode. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's all we got. We're out. Yeah. So thank you guys. If you have any cool info about mini mansions or any secrets, you'd like to share with us comments concerns anything at all hit us up at the email jay's got it for us reach to grooves at signalradio.com s-i-g-n-l radio.com 
Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.